You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. I'm ready to go. We're ready at the races, and, uh, and we've got a three-header going here for Geeky Show Over episode 136, or it's 135. I don't know what it is. I'm supposed to be a host One. around here, but I don't have a clue what I'm doing. It's 136. My lord, if nothing else, I have to keep track of the numbers because <laughs> you can't count down under. For so Your toilet goes backwards and you can't count. Well, I'm not good with the numbers. I'm better with the words. And then even some people wouldn't even give me that credit. So, uh, you know what, Kevin? I got sick and tired of your constant insults on every episode. So I brought a friend of ours along to be the mediator, if you will, between us this week. Tim Chatton, how are you going? Doing great. Not sure how well I'll do it mediating though. Well, you, you know what? It, it, it's an honorary role. You're not going to get marked on this. It's it's just going to go the way it goes. But uh, we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. So a little less tomfoolery, and let's get straight into it. Um, let's talk audio file stuff again because I bought some new stuff this week. And, I know um, Kevin loves audio. Oh, I know. I I, I think his favorite topic in the world. See. <laughs> Actually, I'll say this much. I have been in touch with Sam. Track Talk is not dead. He's just too busy at the moment, so am I. But we are in talks about bringing some of it back. So that will be interesting. But until that stage, I'm going to bore everyone here and Kevin with my audio. Now, just, w- just wake me when you're done. Okay, we will do. Tim, <laughs> this is a conversation for you and me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm making a gesture that you both can't see right now. I know, because we're not doing video this week. Isn't it great? Uh, it's more pointed <laughs> towards Mark. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> now, Tim, have you ever come across a, a company called Audio Fidelity and an, a, a, um, a master and engineer called Steve Hoffman? I have not, no. Okay. Basically, Audio Fidelity is they, they take the, the core master tapes and then they, they re-release it under their own brand. They, they remaster it and then they pump it out on either 24-karat gold uh, disc or they're now doing Super Audio CD hybrids. And uh, so I picked up the Phil Collins uh, No Jacket Required album because I got Gretel the, this album uh, just standard release and it was the US import that I picked up. And it was crappy. The sound quality was hmm. just the worst. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to try them. So we'll listen to it tonight. I'll, I'll fill you guys in on, on what it sounds like next week. Uh, but I'm hoping it'll be good because they've got a good reputation in the audiophile industry. And the review of that CD was very, very highly reviewed, especially in contrast with the standard pressing. So uh, fingers crossed that'll go. Now, I'm not sure if I spoke about this one, but Tim, this would probably be up your alley. Uh, Oscar Peterson Trio? Yeah, I've heard of them. I actually listened to them back in college quite a bit, but it's yeah. been a while. Night Train on uh, Pure Audio Blu-ray. Gotta get it. It's one of my favorite, favorite albums. I absolutely love it. Um, now, I did get a Love Supreme. There's only one disappointing thing. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Oh, come on. So uh, after listening to your episode, uh, you sold me on Love Supreme because it's my favorite album. And it's on um, Pure Audio, Blu-ray. And, uh, now, you've got this on SACD as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I uh, in, I guess, high school got SACD. My parents bought me a surround sound system, SACD player, and it was amazing when that happened. And You, you were uh, lucky. 
Oh yes. Uh, it, it, <laughs> so I was a music it, major back in school. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's worth mentioning that CDs didn't even exist when I was in high school. Well, I'm not. You know, I know um, you're half my age, dude. I'm I'm, I'm cool done 26. Yeah, I'm just younger just than imagine the, the kids today they're in high school. They go, "What the hell's a CD?" <laughs> so uh, each generation. I, I do on have memories thing. when I was a kid of holding boom boxes up to speakers at home to record and credit music from uh, movies to get my soundtracks back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I did that with an old cassette recorder, but, I mean, vinyl was the thing, you know. Back in oh. my day, we had nothing but vinyl. No, you know. Never, never used vinyl. It's uh, really but, old. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> my yeah. <walk> <laughs> you know what the biggest problem with vinyl is? And it's not the degradation of sound, really. It's not that you've got to clean them or there's a lot of maintenance involved. It's the fact that after 20 minutes, you've got to get up off your butt and flip it over. <laughs> so it's just, well, well, something oh. that can be said for its ability to be used as a weapon if needed to be. Um, I think that was in the, the trilogy that just ended uh, of comedies. What, 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 what am I thinking of? The zombie movie? Um, I can't remember the name. Oh, you've lost me, mm-hmm. Tim. Yeah, I, I you know what I haven't been checking out movies for a while. I just I haven't had time, uh, and you know what my hobbies kind of go in waves. As everyone who's known me for any length of time would know, I sort of go you know and then I'll come back to movies eventually. Uh, so the World's End trilogy, the first one, they they used vinyls to attack uh, Shaun of the Dead. They use these vinyls to attack the zombies. Pretty great. That's cool. Hey, good use for them. Why not? Um, now, Tim, let me, let me ask you, was, um, a love supreme on, on super audio CD, was that a five to one, 5.1 mix, I should say? Yes, it was. Cause and interestingly, the Blu-rays only got the stereo mix. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's only got the two channel. Hmm. Now something I noticed, so SACD, I was amazed when I started picking these up just by its warmth and its ability to sound like you're actually in an audience at yeah. the, the theater. Uh, the warmth I didn't see carried over with Blu-ray. It seemed more cold and less alive to okay. me, at least. I, you know, obviously, I haven't listened to that one yet, so I can't talk about the, the I Love Supreme album by John Coltrane, but uh, certainly all the others I have, that, that warmth you talk about is very similar to the warmth that you get in the uh, in the vinyl versions. It's just... It's a fullness. You you sit there, and especially if you close your eyes and listen to music to truly enjoy it, and you feel like you're actually in the studio with the artist, or as close as you ever get to it. That's for sure. And yeah, uh, I feel like SACD spoiled like me though, because I feel like SACD is a step above what this is. Sure, and especially you're, in, um... you're not alone in that view because okay, okay. Uh, there's a lot of people on the audiophile forums that are saying that. You know what? This is a great mass market product. This is wonderful to get it out to everyone who's got Blu-ray players to get them aware of what higher quality audio is and that it's actually real and, and there's much better than CD, much better than digital downloads. And now, something with SACD you you for you have not mentioned yet, I don't believe, is there's these things called hybrid SACDs, which I believe yes. are more common, and these are. Uh, discs that can be played in either CD players or SACD players. And when they're in CD players, it just sounds like regular CD. But when you pop it in a CD player, and it locks the uh, the SACD mm-hmm. part of the disc. So 
Uh, I feel like it's a good format that is able to you're able to start buying into it without actually owning a player quite yet. Yeah, that's actually good because for me, uh, I don't have a player for SACD yet. It's one of those things that I'm looking into, uh, but obviously it's not one of those things that you want to rush into either um, because you know they, they can be rather cheap. You can get them built into Blu-ray players or they can be extremely expensive up to several thousand dollars. Now, obviously, I yeah. don't have the money and, uh, for that, but I, yeah, I want something that's going to be cheaper good. cheaper, too, I noticed. Um, the Blu-ray audios are still 30 bucks a pop, which is... Uh, I won't buy any of those. You know what? Price. They're expensive, but one thing that I do love about them is that they you get that download code and you can download the album. I, I just... I, I think, really, the music industry where it is today, even on regular CDs, they should be providing a download code because if you look at Apple's market, they no longer have... Uh, the built-in optical drives anymore where you can rip your stuff. Yeah, you can buy them externally and stuff like that, but not many people do. You know, so having that download code, you get the best of both worlds. So I kind of look at it, because it, I've looked on HD tracks uh, for a couple of albums, and they're roughly about half the price, maybe $10 off at, at the worst-case scenario compared to what it would be to, to buy it on a physical copy. But the big advantage is that I get that download code because obviously if I buy it from HD tracks, iTunes match will not match it. So, and plus, if you buy it on HD tracks, you don't want iTunes match to match it anyway because you get an uncompressed audio versus heavily compressed audio. Now, you've been asking the question, why doesn't Apple adopt HD music? Yeah. And I think their answer to that has already been released. It's called Mastered for iTunes. And those tracks sound phenomenally better than what was they did. out before. I, I agree. Um, you know what? And honestly, Tim, I can't tell the difference between CD and Mastered for iTunes. I've, I've they're tried. They're fantastic. It's like, I don't know they what magic really good. Doing, but it's great. Well, what they're doing, I, I think, is a, a bit similar to what uh, different audiophile labels, such as uh, Audio Fidelity or Sony with their K2 HD CDs, uh, that play an ordinary CD players do, what they do is they master it at the audiophile level and then they downsample it for CD. Um, they don't master just specifically for CD. So they do all the mastering in the highest definition that they possibly can, then they downsample it right at the last minute. So you get it's a fullness there that you don't yeah. normally get when it's, it's mastered specifically for CD. That's kind of like, right, how... Movies you buy on iTunes in HD, you're going to get a higher fidelity at a lower uh, file size than you'd ever be able to accomplish yourself ripping a Blu-ray. Yeah. Because they're working with the source material and, and being able to do some magic there that we can't do because they have access to that stuff. Definitely. And probably the only advantage of a Blu-ray over the iTunes purchased, in my opinion, is in reference to the sound. Because the picture quality is beautiful. and. The, you know, I've looked at comparisons, and I think iMore did a comparison at one stage. Uh, you know, there may be another uh, website out there, but I'm sure iMore did a comparison. And the the picture quality wasn't that different. Um, yeah, it, it and I don't like gradients the bad. Yeah, I don't like the comparisons that freeze frame a movie is because you're not looking at... You're not watching frame by frame. You're watching a video. So yeah, some of those true. comparisons are a bit unfair. <laughs> Yeah, and you do get that fuzziness anyway in in the pores, and it depends. Unless you're on exactly the the minutely the exact same point, it's going to look slightly different. Either a little bit more in focus, a little bit more out of focus, depending on the movement. Um, 
but yeah, the the audio on on Blu-ray, there's still a lot that's only encoded in Dolby Digital Surround, which is basically DVD. Um, but some of the Blu-rays that have been released recently, especially in the last couple of years, they now have the uncompressed PCM uh, tracks or the uh, Dolby True HD or the DTS uh, mm-hmm. mastering copy, which, you know, if you're looking at an epic movie, I don't know, Lord of the Rings or something... I want as much sound information as possible because that makes a movie. If I look at something like a comedy film or or just a generic film that I don't care too much about, but it's just good to watch, then, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be fussed about that. So um, The biggest thing I miss is all the audio commentaries and isolated mm -hmm. scores and stuff that are on the Blu-rays. Those are so cool. Yeah, you know what? There's a market for both, though. I don't think we have to live in a world where it's, it's... one way, and, and that's the only way. I think we can live in a multiple world, and uh, that's certainly what I like to do. And, and uh, you know, anything that brings high quality images, video, and, and sound to uh, the world is, is always a good thing. Because if you were an art collector and you were buying a, a Picasso, you're not going to want to go and get a copy of it. Yeah, you can afford the copy, but you're not going to want <laughs> the copy. You're going to want the original. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's my argument. If we can, the closer we can get to the way that the creators intended it, the way they first saw it, the way they mastered it, that's what I want hmm. to get. So that's, that's where hmm. I sort of aim all the time. Now, just finally. Interesting but, statement there, because hmm, once a work is out there, is it the, the creator's job to make sure it's presented that way, or is it the audience's choice to enjoy it the way they think is best for them Mm, that's a good question yeah i think you're i think you're on something there tim i think it is more about the how the audience wants to enjoy it because george lucas said them right (laughs) right i mean but that's but when you come down to it there are people that will not watch uh a movie outside of a movie theater because that's how they choose to experience it Mm -hmm. there are there are people that don't want to listen to audio Unless they're wearing headphones because they want that rich sound that they get from the headphones. So, yeah, I think you're right, Tim. I think it's an interesting point that it is. It's how you how the audience wants to experience it. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm, good point. Certainly the higher the quality, the better. So uh, I think we all agree on that. Um, just quickly before we finish off this topic, the last one that I've got, which I haven't listened to either, I only picked it up yesterday, uh, Stevie Wonder's Sons in the Key of Life. Um, so that's on Pure Audio as well. Looking forward to that one. That's uh, that's going to be nice. <sighs> Very cool. So Kevin is awake again. Ke- Kevin, back Ke- to the- Kevin's awake. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Who, who, wait a minute. Who am I talking to now? <laughs> <laughs> now, listen. Wait, oh, wait, wait a minute. We're going to stick on... Tim respects my intelligence. I'm sorry, Tim. Well, I'm glad someone (laughs) does. Um, (laughs) I'm being mean today because I can get away with it. Now, we are going to stick on Blu-ray for a minute, but on on a different side of the fence, which Kevin will have a lot more knowledge about and a lot more interest in, and that's regionalized issues and lockdown regions of content. Now, Tim, what's this in relation to? Because you've been getting some Japanese stuff recently, I know. Uh, yeah. You're learning Japanese as well, which is awesome. Um, is, is this sort of Japanese region coding that, that's causing grief, or is it something else? Um, sort of. So there's three regions to Blu-ray. 
I Region A. Say, say that again, Mark. I, I, B, and C. A, B, and C. And uh, I was excited to find out that Japan and America are in the same region. And awesome. I thought, br- brilliant. You know, I can, I can buy stuff from, you know, Japan, import it for a crazy $50 that those go for, and uh, play it on my American uh, flair. But evidently, uh, they have a way of detecting that I have an American flair and that this Blu-ray, even though it has all this wonderful Japanese content that I want to listen to and enjoy because I'm trying to learn the language, it uh, basically hides every Japanese aspect of the, the menu system, the audio, and presents me with an entirely American version. Ooh. It'll even rip out it as a language option when I try to play the movie. Uh, it'll give me the Hindi and all these other random audio tracks. <laughs> but not the but, Japanese. What? But, but God forbid they let me listen to the Japanese. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so baffled. Uh, so I ripped it on my Mac, and there it was. It was actually when I ripped it, I had to unselect it from a hit. It was actually tagged as hidden in the Make MKV thing. So I had to untag it as hidden to actually get at it. It's it's so bizarre um, what that, they've done there. That's bad. I mean, you're you're an American looking to learn the language, but what if there's Japanese people living in America who actually want to be importing and, and playing their stuff? It's that's insane. It's bizarre. And the the DVD, of course, were in different regions. So I I set my Mac to a different region. Yep. And that played that fine. And uh, I mean, the cool thing was. They, it had English subtitles because of um, there was an English track on there too, so I could actually match both of those if I ripped it right. But uh, I was expecting to do that right away, but uh, that is not the case. So uh, I've since moved on from Blu-rays to iTunes uh, Japan account because it's much cheaper. Evidently, mm-hmm. it's around fifty bucks imported Blu-ray, ten dollars that is shipping. If you're going iTunes, though, you're looking at $25 for new HDs down to $10 for SDs that are older. Mm-hmm. And there's a, yeah, so it's much cheaper evidently to go iTunes, which is baffling to me because <laughs> I always thought physical media was the cheap way to go. Not always. I, I must admit that, uh, you know, and, and this is just in, in buying the audio file physical copies, I, I can get cheaper. Uh, audio file grade downloads if I want, and, and then again, even cheaper in iTunes. So it, I think it depends. Do you want that physical copy? As you said, Tim, sometimes the the additional features, which is known in the iTunes world as iTunes extras, sometimes they match what's on Blu-ray, sometimes they don't. I think it really depends on a, a case-by-case basis. Is the content there that you want to to enjoy and, 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 uh, and watch and experience? Yeah, I will tell you, it's, uh, it's very nice Flickster. Japan works in the United States quite well. Uh, it, it's all in English, so I can navigate quite easily and redeem the code from the Blu-ray I got. So that was quite nice. Um, I also have to give a huge recommendation. If you open up an iTunes Japan account, uh, I'd highly encourage you to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Harry Potter movies in the Japanese dub. They're so artfully done as far as the dubs that you feel like the actor is actually saying those words in that language. And uh, it gets really intense in Japanese, i got to say. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I often like just going and having a look at on the DVD or the Blu-ray at an alternate track. It, it can be rather comedic, really. Like, I love we, the... Um, uh, you shall not pass scene in Lord of the Rings. It's just so wonderful in Japanese. <laughs> 
Well, now, see, I like the comic relief, and I think I might have mentioned this before. If you watch uh, Christmas Vacation and then switch it over to the uh, French track and that part near the end where Chevy Chase goes on that long, long rant that ends with, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have that rant me- almost memorized, but to hear hear it done in French is just hilarious. Not that the French language is hilarious, but when yeah. you can see it, and the point being that if they don't overdub correctly, like you're saying, it's done very well on Lord of the Rings. It's not done very well in this no. movie. It really does show, like, the high-budget films, they take a lot of care. Like, they find voice actors that sound identical to the originals. And the lips, it's odd how close they can match that stuff up. Hmm. And with Lord of the Rings, it's especially fun because they actually dub all the songs that the actors did themselves originally. So it's just amazing and uh it's it's such a great tool that i didn't have as a kid if i wanted to learn another language today we have podcasts we have itunes japan all these other places to get media from that country that's very cool but just a shame that you can't get everything off the disc when you put it in yeah and it would be great if you know they have these dubs just on the blu-ray in america why just not put every language available i mean it can't be that much of an effort to do that yeah, you know, I, I really get tired of uh, of these restrictions. D- call it DRM, call it just region locking, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's ridiculous. It, it's what encourages going around the back door to piracy, in my opinion. Well, I'll tell you, you can't pirate Japan content really easily because it's not really on the pirate bay and stuff like that because... I'm sure it's out there, but you have to search in Japanese for the content and, and yeah, the you got to know the Japanese and and have and know the, where to the search, keyboard yeah. sort of change for that language. So interesting. So, so I'm, I'll make a note here. I'm going to order Tim a, a Katankan keyboard so he can have one. <laughs> well, I've got some um, on the on the I, iOS. It's really nice, but uh, from Mac, I, I need one of those for sure. All right, um, Christmas next year, Tim. Oh, excellent. Uh, the other I mentioned is Apple TV. That is so great being able to just hot switch between accounts. Uh, you can just switch back and forth and stream down whatever movies you own in each uh, of your stores. Yeah, I, I wish they would actually allow us to have like two accounts active at the one time so you could have them just merge together. <laughs> that would be absolutely oh, wonderful. Oh, that would be too nice, Mark. <laughs> I know. It'll never happen, but it should. And I did notice <laughs> a, um, you have to, there is a delay how fast you can switch between. So you have to like, watch yeah. a movie before you can switch back, which I... It's, yeah, it's all right. th- there is. And then there was something, because uh, I run a US account as well as the Australian account. And then there's something where on your iPhone or your iPad, I used to get messages where, okay, if I logged into the US account on on this device, uh, then it would lock me out on that device from the uh, logging into the Australian days. account for 90 days. And that was just, no, okay, I, I can't do it that way. So what I actually did to circumvent that is I use just a guest account um, on my Mac, and I just have the US account there, and then I just download it, store all the content on the the uh, on the NAS drive, and then I can just have it straight from you know wherever I am playing yeah. whichever way I want, and, and that works perfectly for me. Yeah, for me, my iPhone is my American uh, iTunes store, and my iPad is my Japanese <laughs> device. You know, we we just need iTunes world. Forget about different stores in different countries. Let's just have a world account because we're so close now in yeah. everything that we do. It, it, I can instantly gain access to everything you guys have in the I, States I if it wasn't foreseen, locked down, you know? 
I could foresee a problem, though, when Americans go out and buy a Japanese film that has no subtitles and then all wanting refunds because they didn't look at what was included with that purchase. That could definitely be a thing. Yeah, that that, that, that could, I guess. I, I wonder how many people buy the, the standard def uh, or the high def when they intended to get the other one and they didn't click on the, the swap between them. I'm sure it happens a fair amount. Um I, I know uh, I that's something I double check. Has some really cool stuff. Like, there's a lot of just Japanese content that's not anywhere else because it's just in Japanese. Um, there's a remake to Unfor- Unforgiven um, mm-hmm. that came out in Jap- uh, Japan uh, last year, and it's really well done. Um, remake of that uh, Clint Eastwood film. Yeah, I was gonna say the Clint Eastwood Morgan Freeman film. Yeah, so. Um, a really famous Japanese actor kind of spearheaded that, uh, and uh, it's really well done. Uh, and uh, I now own it, which is cool. <laughs> Very nice. Anyways, now, 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 Tim, while we're still on the Japanese thing, I just want to talk quickly about the Wii, the N- Nintendo's Wii U. And uh, I came across it yesterday, and I couldn't believe the price. I sort of had to do a double take, and it was two hundred and forty-nine Australian dollars for the white eight gigabyte version, bundled with. Uh, Swap for uh, Skylanders mm-hmm. Swap Force, and okay, so I already bought Swap Force for my son on the Wii for Christmas anyway, and at that stage it was still just over three hundred dollars, so I was like, oh, you know, I don't really want to do this, but the the price is coming down. The problem is, you know, we, we've heard out of Japan that the sales have done really badly compared to what they wanted. It's um, not doing well. No, and I guess. Even at the two forty nine price point, it's great that you've got the backwards compatibility. But I kind of look and I, I wonder: Do I want to invest in in another new system, or will I just, you know, hold off and and wait? Um, so it one gets thing, dicey. One thing to rest your mind at peace is Nintendo's just not going to drop the system this year or next year. It's going to be a four or five year life cycle, like every other console has been in their history. And they're gonna. They don't give up on consoles. They're gonna continue to pump out the best games of the generation on the Wii U, and that's gonna be the place to get them. And another thing to note is, um, I mean, compare it for the PS4 and Xbox One. I think it has the strongest lineup right now. Uh, I mean, they had a ton of awesome releases in 2013. Um, and financially, Nintendo they compare a lot of people compare it to Apple when they were actually. Apple had to go to Microsoft for money back then, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, they were like weeks away from being bankrupt. Uh, Nintendo, I believe, is like tw- they've got billions of dollars in the bank that they're one of the most financially solvent companies in Japan. Uh, and so they're not in danger of um, going out of business or anything like that. Um, instead, when Nintendo is put their back against the door, so to speak, like this. That's when you get Nintendo just doing crazy, wacky things and creating their best content ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's an encouraging. It's it's an encouraged. It, it makes the developers there even more excited by what they're doing and trying to do their best work of their life, kind of thing. Yeah, certainly. Even though GameCube was a flop, uh, I actually liked it better than PlayStation Two. Uh, and some people, you know, yell me down for that, but I believe that the titles were significantly stronger. There were less of them, uh, but there wasn't as much shovelware and it was more quality games. So maybe that's something to consider too, that over the next couple of years, 
you'll get the quality games that you really want to play on the Wii U versus the shovelware of the popular systems. Absolutely. And I really do think it's a nice system. The off-screen TV play is great, especially... That would work well for my kids. Yeah. You know what? I should just do it, spend the 249 and get it done, just so that I uh, don't have to be asked all the time, can we use the TV? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's very nice. I mean, my kids, when we play the Wii U course... Now I've got I, I forget which one you have Tim I've got the black one. Yep, I thirty two gig. Yep. Yeah, um, it is nice. You know, we want to watch something on TV. The kids will jump off and play the game on the uh, gamepad, and and I do like that. And I'll and I'll have to say I mentioned this back around Christmas, uh, not realizing the full potential of HD until I got an HD television to, to Wii U up. Oh yeah, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, Mar- the new Mario game. And again, the name's escaping me, but Tim's here to answer the question. What's the new Mario that just came out for it? It's a Super Mario 3D, 3D World. World. Yes. That is freaking amazing to see it on the TV and play it on a high-definition screen. Uh, I just Yeah, Nintendo's great about optimizing their own hardware. Like, they'll, they'll make their hardware just sing and just be as, you know, it look better than the higher-spec consoles. Even. Well, you know something else. Uh, my oldest got uh, Batman: Arkham City for the Wii U. You yep. talk about a gorgeous game on there, and it's it's funny. We the joke around the house now is that when she's playing, that's the family's new favorite television show. She's playing <laughs> the game. We sit there and watch, and you, oh, did you look over here? Oh, are you trying? Oh, oh, look over there. You know, and we're all sitting there helping her out, and she actually likes it. She doesn't mind us. Helping. Oh yeah. For sure, it's it, it, nope. She's the only one actually playing, but the whole family is into it, and it's just That's great because cool. I'm thinking about now getting um, uh, Assassin's Creed Three because I always thought I that love Assassin's like- Creed, great series. Now I've heard Three is not its highlight; that Four is kind of a callback to their glory years of being back in the better ones. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'll just have to get them all and see. I don't know. I, I yeah, four is my first one. I never played three, so take that with a grain of salt, I guess. Well, the only reason I like three is the historical significance of it. Um, you know, the American Revolution, mm-hmm. and yeah, that that's that's the part of it that attracted me to it at first. Um, but you know, like I said, it's it's come down in price, so it might be worth me picking it up and then. Oh, what the hell? You know, go ahead and get four while I'm at it, just so I can compare oh, yeah. the two. I picked up four for like thirty bucks. It was on sale. It's pretty great. Uh, I am excited for five or whatever is coming out next because I think it's taking place in feudal Japan with like samurai swords and stuff. <laughs> That'd be so, cool. Yeah, because I, I remember back when the original Wii was released, uh, there was a game Red Steel, which was very much along that Japanese uh, samurai uh, sort of story arc. Graphics are horrible, but when they launch uh, games for the system, and it was just superb. I loved every minute of it. Don't get Red Steel Two though; that's a, a heap of crap. Now, Mark. I, I've heard the opposite that the first one was junk and the second one was You know amazing. you know what the problem with the second one was, Tim, is that you went through and, and there was a lot of loading. So the first one was basically open area and just run around and, and do what you need to do. The second one was okay, go through this door and wait and wait and wait. Okay. And there was just a lot of loading. I just heard control-wise, the controls well, the, were so much The better. controls were, were done with the Wii Motion Plus, whereas the original, of course, didn't have that. 
problem right. with the Wii Motion Plus, uh, especially in the early Wii Motion Plus titles, which Red Steel 2 was, there's also a lot of calibration that every half an hour or so the game would yeah, ask that's... you to calibrate it. It's not a major deal. I mean, you get over it pretty quickly, but anything that takes you out of being absorbed in that gameplay and that storyline mm-hmm. is not a good thing in my book. It's okay for maybe a sports game, although one of the, the tennis games, and forgive me, I can't remember which one it is. I know it's not virtual tennis, so it's one of the other ones, uh, but I, I got it straight away upon launch, and literally, you'd play a game, and then you'd have to recalibrate before the next game. I'm not talking about a set. I'm talking about yeah. a game of tennis, and it was just really... This this is too hard. That has gone away. Like current, that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. gone away with the current uh, Motion Plus uh, iteration. Yeah, when, once they actually built them into the controllers, and, and that was a mainstream thing. I, I'm of course talking about the the extension that you would add on, uh, because I, I picked it up at launch and I was like, okay, yeah, just plug it in and hey presto, and it is more accurate. It is better, uh, but I also don't tend to miss it when I don't have it either. So that's something else to consider, maybe. The, yeah, I know, sure. t- I know, Tim. You're getting excited, and we are too. Here for the uh, new uh, Mario Kart game. I, I cannot wait to play that. Based on what uh, I've it looks seen phenomenal. so far, I've played the demos, and they're just—it's beautiful. I, I think the um, the anti gravity mode enables them to uh, go and design courses that are just directly different than they have before. Kind of like how the cat suit—you're able to explore levels both vertically and horizontally. Uh, mm. This new mode of anti gravity, I kind of compare to the cat suit of they're able to design courses and dimensions they haven't done before. Well, okay, so the, that's race. Is there any other racing games that you know of that are coming out for the Wii U? Because that's what I'm starting to get into on the Wii U is the the racing games. Um, Need for Speed Most Wanted U has been out for a while, and that's really solid. I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, let's see, I know there's. Now there's one coming out this fall that's been getting a fair amount of hype. I forget its name, but mm. um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'll have to get back to you on that one. Yeah, I, I'd be, I don't know why. For some reason, recently I've been more into racing games the same way I used to be into flight simulators years ago. Um, oh, sure, sure. You know, you know, it's just one of the and Mario Kart, the original Mario Kart on the Wii or the Wii U, either one. It's a game I can play for hours. I suck at it. But I can play it for hours. <laughs> and the um, the online should be pretty great with this one because that, that's one, one of the franchises they actually do online really well with, uh, both mm-hmm. on the 3DS and Wii. And the Wii U is kind of their first console that was built with online thought of from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. although I, in saying that, Tim, I can still connect up with my Wii and, and, and oh, Versu and the original Mario Kart. I'm just saying and, it's going to be better. You. Quite significant. They say the original Mario Kart that was on the SNES, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what what Tim tried to talk over me there was me saying that I can beat him at Mario Kart on the Wii. Well, occasionally. Yeah, just not on the 3DS. Oh no, you're terrible at the 3DS version. Yeah, but uh, you you play yours way too much. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's true. Plus, you've Actually, got yeah. now. How many 3DSs have you bought this year? Because I think you're up to six or seven, aren't you? Well, well, you know, when there's limited editions, I just gotta have it. <laughs> so I've got my original Red uh, 3DS XL. Uh, I've got my 2DS in red, of course. Um, I've got my blue Pokemon system. I've got my Japan import year Luigi system. I've got my American year Luigi system. 
and I have my gold Zelda 3DS XL, and might have another one. I think I have another one. You, you know, yeah. there's this TV show that's coming out of the UK at the moment called Hoarders, and uh, <laughs> where a psychiatrist comes around and, and looks at what people hoard and, and so forth. And Tim, you, you've got a hoarding thing happening there with Nintendo gear, but it's so cool. I wish I had the money, the throwaway money to do that. <laughs> it's we, so nice to street pass with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that, that's true. the true geek, isn't it? I mean, that's the true nerd. It's like, I don't want to have to go out. I just buy yeah. And if I go on holiday with people, I can just bring all my systems. We can do local multiplayer. So <laughs> just, you know, I'm just trying to be nice to everybody. You know? I like you that. Know what, Good justification. Sorry, Kevin. You know what it makes me think of? You all are familiar with uh, the te- old television show Seinfeld, right? Yes. Do you do you remember the episode where he Jerry was dating that girl that had all these uh, vintage toys and stuff, and oh, they yeah, ended up getting her. Them. Yeah, you can't play. He got her yep. drunk and then fed her turkey and stuff like that. So he passed out. Uh, and he was playing with GI Joe <laughs> and and all that. So I'm thinking if See, we I'm ever finally, go to uh, Kim's- I'm finally willing to crack open the boxes with all these 3ds's. Though I'm not as uh, stingy as I used to be. Um, when when Kirby. Uh, I, the Japan system, I didn't want to open up for whatever reason. Then Kirby got announced; it's coming out uh, like months and months ahead of time here in Japan. Uh, I say here in Japan when I'm in America, <laughs> but um, I opened it up just so I could download that on day one. And uh, I, uh, I haven't looked back. It's pretty nice. Well, no, you said you have a you got a 2ds when they came out. I got it on the Black Friday sale for 99 bucks. You know, I was going to get a 2ds, and then Tim beat me yet again. So they're so great, the two DSs. I, I, they are. Nice. I I debated on whether or not to get one. I almost bought one for myself. See, it's either the XL or the two DS. The original three DS. I don't think anyone should really buy. Uh, That's the one I have. Is, the two DS is the most comfortable one to hold for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The the shoulder buttons are great. Uh, it's. Not very mobile, so if you're just kind of leaving it at home, that's great. Or if it's, you know, thrown in your bag, that's fine. Um, but uh, the XL I love just because I actually do enjoy the 3D effect. I think the speakers are a lot better, the screen's bigger, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's kind of the grown-up system where the 2DS, it's designed, it, it, it feels cheaper. The plastic feels cheaper and stuff like that. Um, but that being, that being said, I do enjoy it. I hope they do a 2DS XL at some point. <laughs> Hmm. That that would be nice. I, you know what? I still haven't seen one in the wild. They still have the uh, XL um, in in all the shops and and as the demo models. And I, I suppose they do that because that that's really the premium um, system. You know, uh, I, I guess Nintendo wants to promote that, and and the 2DS is for you know someone who uh, maybe either can't afford to, or they're buying it for kids. So or they um, just want it for the collector's sake. <laughs> Oh, they just like want to me. add another one on their shelf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also enjoy the fact that the 3DS XL has a charging box and you just pop it in at night and you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. keeping it charged. You just throw it on there. Yeah. I, you know, I, and, and look, I, I sort of joke with Tim about the amount of consoles he's bought and so forth, but seriously, that kind of stuff, if he ever loses interest in Nintendo or ever needs to get some money quickly for something that comes up, that kind of stuff, the collectible uh, Nintendo releases, they never lose money. They always just gain uh, value. Yeah, um, 
the thing about them is they're for sale for like a month and then they're gone mm-hmm. forever. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, I, so. I know. I went to get a Monster Hunter one, and and they were sold out by the time I had the spare cash to do oh, it. Wow. So that that well, sucked. If, if Tim ever gets that hard up, I'll drive up there. And I'll, I'll take some cash, and, and then I'll just go shopping in Tim's house. <laughs> oh, fun stuff, fun stuff. Now, guys, uh, let's change gears for a minute, because, Kevin, you said that we've got to thank Peter Bird for something, and, and Peter's a, a lovely guy. He does the, um, oh, God, I can't remember Deeper what the look name is. Podcast. Deeper Look Podcast. The, the you were Deeper, on this podcast, de- Mark. I, that is very I, disrespectful. I, I, I know. I spent three and a half <laughs> hours one one day recording with him. And actually, what's funny is we actually spoke for four and a half hours. We just didn't include that extra hour in the show that everyone got. And uh, Yeah, I did the same thing with my edition. We were on the, the Skype for another 90 minutes or so, probably. You know, Peter's <laughs> just <laughs> great to talk to. That, that That's it, probably the it, – it's really good – when and and you two are the same, and everyone who I podcast with, I find it's just it's so easy when everyone's just got stuff going back and forth. You've got to look at the time all the time and go, "Oh, geez, we need to stop, otherwise we can keep going and going and going." Yeah, no, it yeah. was uh, the the most recent episode he did with uh, Tim Robertson. Uh, he gave several shouts out, several shouts out to GSE, and I wanted to thank thank uh, him. And if the, any of our listeners haven't listened to the deeper look. Go back and listen. You can listen to Mark's marathon episode. Um, I didn't do quite the marathon. I think I only did maybe close to ninety minutes with uh, Peter. Um, but you know, mine's around people... three hours. That's coming out soon. Oh, yours okay. is one too. Is it awesome? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so wow. I, I started something there. It was the three-hour podcast. The <laughs> you've got nothing better to do than listen to us, and we're going to make you do it. You know, it's amazing how many people actually listen through to the episode I was on. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, oh, no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> and to be quite honest, I haven't listened back to it because I don't know what I said after three, three and a half hours of talking. I had a really long um, drive to Boston one day. It's like, mm-hmm. let's throw this on and see what happens. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so everyone can tell me how bad I was and how much I rambled <laughs> on, much more than I do even on this show. Um but no, great, great format, great show. And actually, I'll have to check that out. I I, uh, I did retweet it when he, he tweeted it out and, and said that it was great that he had Tim on because I, I, I like Tim uh, Robertson's podcast. He does Tech Fan, if you haven't heard that one. Uh, he's, he's just got a, a good podcast voice and he's actually, he's got a good mind for technology. He, he thinks... Um, thinks in a certain way that always brings about an interesting conversation. Um, he makes you ponder a lot of things. So, um, you know, I appreciate his work. Plus, you know, he's he kind of hosts, uh, you know, this show for us and, and so forth. So, uh, you know, I've got to say nice things about Tim. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's great. <laughs> no, he is good and he's, he's really flexible and... Uh, you know, boy, he's so generous with his time. Anyone who who needs anything, um, you know, if, if he if he knows or if he can help, he's there. Uh, and actually, he's doing a, a couple of new things. I have to put a link in the show notes or something because he's um, doing a bit of consultancy now as, as well. So uh, in the Mac and Tech world, so certainly check out what he's doing. And, and uh, if you need any help, he's always there. So uh, yeah. Cool. Well, you know, so I've been surprised that you guys, meaning the geekiest show ever, haven't talked about her yet. Her, her, her. her? <laughs> um. Okay. Now, now, guys, listen. I, 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 I just didn't really want to go into my my addiction to porn. 
on the show, but I, I, I mean, I, I've never been to her.com. Uh, this is a movie, Mark, that came out with Joaquin Phoenix that is getting rave reviews. Man, you can actually say his name. You're a god, Tim. Wacky hell. <laughs> it's like I Joaquin. thought I like Joaquin Phoenix, right? That's yeah, right. Joaquin Phoenix. What's so hard about that? <laughs> He's a Wookiee Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. He but can't I thought you two would be, you know, instantly wanting to watch this one because it's basically um, they've got operating systems that are artificial intelligence at this point in the future. And, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. He develops a a relationship with his OS. Ooh. I know what you're talking about. Is this just in theaters? Yeah. In theaters, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll get it in three months. It's up up for Best Picture uh, for Ah, 20. Wow, that's cool. It is, yeah. And I I loved it. It was very touching and very uh, poignant as to... How close this stuff may actually be to uh, actual future? <laughs> Is it similar to artificial intelligence, uh, Steven Spielberg's mm. film, where it's got the the heart strings that sort of you know? It definitely, it definitely has heart strings, but mm-hmm. in a different way. Okay, I have to check it out. That sounds really interesting. Just and hey, a Wookiee game. Phoenix. I mean, hey, you can't argue with that. <laughs> Is he an Australian, Mark? <laughs> oh, no, we can't say weird American names. We can only say Wookie. <laughs> is, he, is he an Australian? No. Joaquin Phoenix? No. No, no. I, I'm, I'm no? sure he's American. No way. He's no American. Let's no. see. Let me search here. And here we go, everyone at home, listening away. Tim's just tapping away on his little iPhone. <laughs> and I'm, I'll, I'll do the... There you go. There's the keys, <laughs> the key soundtrack. Because Tim's on his iOS device, so I'll, I'll do the sound effects. There we oh. go. This is a professional podcast. Oh, absolutely. So, Walking yeah. Phoenix, one in Puerto Rico, evidently. That's kind That's of America. America, but not really. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a, a hell of a lot closer than Australia. Yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, there's a lot of things that are closer than Australia. No offense to anybody of our listeners. <laughs> That's all right. You can bag us Aussies out all the time. You know what? In Australia, we all had Monday off this week. So, yesterday. Uh, oh, be- happy be- Australia Day. Because we had Australia Day. So, we put some snags on the barbie, or if it's like me, I'll put a snag on the, the fryer inside because I don't like the big bugs outside, so I don't do the put barbie. A what? Oh, yeah, or what? A snag, a sausage. <laughs> oh, a sausage. Yeah. A snag. Yeah. A oh. snag and a shrimp on the barbie. I know wow. what a shrimp is. I had no idea what a snag was. So you put a sausage on a barbie? On a barbecue. <laughs> okay. Not a barbie doll. Although I'll tell you what, Soundgarden's uh, music video, uh, Black Hole Sun, they have a barbie doll and they turn it around on a spit roast. It's the best thing I've ever seen done with a Barbie doll in my life. Actually, oh, just wow. go and check out that video, even if you don't like Soundgarden as a band, because the video is absolutely hilarious. It just pokes fun at modern society in the 90s. And um, it, it's just it's quite hilarious. I think you guys would like it. You'd get a kick out of it. Well, that would probably break my one of my daughter's hearts to see a Barbie done like that. Oh, I, I, I don't like Barbie. I, I keep my daughter yeah. away from Barbie because I don't believe Barbie portrays a, a proper self-image of, of what women and young girls should 
sort of uh, have reflected. Uh, Does it portray an image of what a guy should be like, the guy Barbie? Oh, the Ken dude, I mean. The eunuch? The the pretty boy Ken, yeah. Yeah, but he's a eunuch too. (laughs) What's what's a eunuch? He doesn't have any parts down below. He doesn't have any genitals. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, that's nasty. He's like a robot. Uh, that, that, that's that, see, that's that's like abuse to a toy. I mean, you know, the guys in Toy Story, they're alive. You know, that's just <laughs> like abuse in a toy. Where does where, where does he make pee pee? Uh, he doesn't. So he just has to hold it. He like, just doesn't yeah. drink. You know, he's he pops oh. off his left hand and it drains out his arm. Who the hell knows, Mark? <laughs> he throws up. That's like gross, Kevin. Ugh. He, he's bulimic. Okay. <laughs> Oh dear! How do we get here? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, you think that's bad. I can tell you something that's even worse than that. On Honey Boo Boo, oh jeez, we don't know. We don't need this. Let's go back to our Blu-ray topic, Tim. No Honey Boo Boo. (laughs) No, no, I have to tell you. I like Honey Boo Boo. On the premiere of Honey Boo Boo, June (laughs) attempted to explain the facts of life to her daughters. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. And how did that go? I couldn't watch it. <laughs> really? It was that good. <laughs> it was I I've got it recorded. I didn't think it was appropriate for my you know, this is a woman that has ch- four daughters by four different people. And she's gonna explain safe sex and the practices of it to her daughters. I'm going, oh dear Lord, please <laughs> save us all now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's no, definitely I, I not a family family friendly moment, that one. No, really wasn't quite there. Um, we the, the following episode where they were in the RV and they were, what they were doing in the RV was much better, but the, 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 the sex talk was Man, just not I something I would hear. I don't want to know what they were doing in an RV. No, no, they took a family road trip. And they were talking about they all what they were eating on the road. They were all eating hot dogs and stuff like this, and how bad the RV got to smelling after a while and everything. So, Mark, so, great, um, great American television. Here right is there. a um, just good comment out of IMDb into why you know Honey Boo Boo is so great. You know, um, Sugar Bear is a damn good man and a good father and husband. Sure, his past may be shady, but he is always there for his family. Literally die for June and those girls. Maybe a redneck. He's a model of what a true man looks like and how a man should treat his woman and his kids. Whoever wrote that, it's full of shit. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nice. Look, you just. Look, a a professional writer, trust me, I I know how to bullshit. Um, (laughs) You you can bullshit anything and and put any spin you like on it, but it's still bad TV in my book. Uh, You know what? I. I, I look at The Simpsons, and um, I, I love The Simpsons, don't get me wrong, but the thing that it, it, it's... You love or loved? I, I love. I Well, I, I haven't watched it in recent years. Their seasons just, their, their comedy is getting so left to the center well, that I just... things to talk about. I, I know, they are. They, they've got to age them. You know, thank God they cu- killed off uh, Mrs. Quabuple or whatever her name was. Quabopple was that? Anyway, they, Crumble. yeah. Crumble. Um, regardless, uh, what I love about that show is at 
by the end of it, no matter how many times Homer wants to kill Bart, no matter what Bart's done, no matter, you know, how distant the family is from each other, they always come back and centralise and have, like, that meal at the end, uh, whether they're around the table or sitting around the TV, as a family unit. So, for me, it's a, a very family-orientated show where it shows, hey, you can have total utter chaos, but there's still this respect and still this family issue at the end of it. Uh, and I really like that, whereas Honey Boo Boo is the real-life version of that times 100 times in the negative. It, it's just, ah, <laughs> oh, Yes, I, I can see the family connection and, and, and stuff like that, but I just, I honestly can't stomach that show. I, I don't know how Americans can put up with that crap on their televisions. I mean, there's so many better <laughs> shows than that. Why... Do you belittle your intelligence and watch oh. that shit? Oh, Mark. Well, you still you know, understand us Americans. He just, no, he doesn't. I don't. I, really I, doesn't I, understand I, their... Look, I, I no, don't understand some of this. understand why the shows. president doesn't have ultimate power because that would be a terrible, terrible thing. I don't well, want Obama I, controlling the country. Okay, but... <laughs> I but, want but, a, but a balance at, at the same, of power. At the same time, your government just says, oh, we're going on holidays. We can't figure yeah. it out. Absolutely, they'll figure it out. Lazy you know. buggers. We put that all that happened. We put a we put a poke on the Barbie or whatever it is and go on holiday. What the hell's the yeah. problem? I still got my postal service when the government shut down. That still works. That's cool. Unless you got uh, yeah. unless you got your bills and your taxes. <laughs> uh, no, look, look, different cultures and and. You know, different cultures say everything differently. It's really interesting, though, and, and I think some people get the wrong impression about me that maybe I, I look at, at America in a very st- stereotypical way. Mark Shepard, I look at America in a very monolithic way. Uh, it, it makes me wonder. It make, I, I just look at the monolith and I go, hmm, why? Why do they do that? Why? <laughs> um, They're Americans. But look, you, you know what? what? Some of the things we do, you guys would look... The same way. Uh, you know, I was doing this uh, report this week for uni, actually, submitted it last night. Thank God, a big eight-minute speech. You're thinking, I say big. Oh, my God, it was chaotic. It, it was just really, really difficult. I've never done something like that before. So this was kind of a... Um, Did a, you have to speak with around. an American accent? No, no, Australian, of course. Okay. Uh, that make it all the more difficult. I don't but, think you could do it. Yeah, but I couldn't. But I, I was I was looking at intercultural communications between um, Australia and America, and one of the issues that came up in two thousand nine. We've got a comedy program out here. It's been off the air now for a while, but they did a a, um, a couple of you know, hey, thirtieth anniversary or whatever it was, and uh, so they put it back on the air. And Harry Connick Jr. came out, and there was a, a skit on a. a segment of it called red faces and it was basically a skit called the jackson jive and you can see it on youtube if you go jackson jive and it was basically a a bunch of guys who painted their faces black and then the lead singer uh, painted his face white to replicate michael jackson and they got up there and they sang and danced around and harry connick jr took offense by it because of the blackface references of course but what was really interesting after all of this and after the whole media kerfuffle and after Australia's, uh, Australians were labelled as being racist, what ended up happening was that a couple of the high-up media guys, uh, high-up journalists and so forth, were, were stating, yeah, but listen, Harry Connick Jr. was looking at this through American eyes. 
what it means to him is not what it meant to us. And that we look through, you know, at, at things through Australian eyes. So, of course, we see things differently and we look at things, uh, ver- various, uh, you know, various things are just different. So it's always interesting to keep that in mind that whilst it may come across as I, I've got a stereotypical approach where I'm criticising, it's not. It, it's my view of what's happening in America, just as you guys think that we're all criminals that came from the homeland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you all know. got banished to Australia. You know what's and interesting? you're still I locked actu- there in jail, right? Absolutely. I, yeah. I actually went to, to our <laughs> barracks. Uh, I took the kids uh, to the barracks only uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, this is the barracks where the criminals came in and were processed and, and were locked up and so forth. Uh, and... Believe it or not, there wasn't that many. There was a lot, but there wasn't nearly as many as you'd think there would be. And because the bad ones, they just banished them to the um, outback with all the the kangaroos, right? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure about that, Tim. But um, <laughs> can, can, let's get some more stereotypes going here. Wait a minute. Yeah. So, so, so as, as we can see, as this conversation evolves, we've both got stereotypical views. And you know, I was doing that as a comical thing and not an actual what I believe thing. Oh, sure. But it, it's still, even if it's comical, uh, like some people take offence by it, whether it's meant to be comical or not, and I think. As we see the internet especially bring down the borders of our different cultures and blend us more together, I think we'll start to see things differently. I'd like to say in 20 years' time, there won't be as much of a cultural divide because we would have all learnt off each other uh, what our different cultures are and and all the little ins and outs that we have, like what's a Barbie and what's a a snag and and stuff like that. so it's, for now, me, do it's you guys very use interesting. the term rubbish for trash in Australia? We use the term rubbish, uh, trash, put the bin out, um, dump. So that, that's when I moved to Hawaii, dump. they used rubbish. And I had no idea what rubbish was. And well, it took me the longest rubbish. time to understand that that was trash. Well, that's just pure rubbish, Tim. I know, right? <laughs> but, but see, <laughs> trash and rubbish is the same thing to me. It's... It, yeah, it doesn't make any difference to me what it is. But but some things are, are radically different. I, look, I find it just extremely interesting, the diversity that we've got between our languages. How, As I said on last week's show, we were talking about bugger. And what it means to you guys doesn't mean that to the guys in the UK. It doesn't mean that to the guys in Australia and New Zealand. It means something completely different. And it's it's just funny. It's so funny how... Even though we believe that we're homogenous, um, we're not. We're, we're really quite different. Uh, we may all speak yeah. English, but we speak different dialects, and the different dialects have different meanings. Um, exactly. You know, but that, that's the interesting part about doing a show with you guys, because... You know, I, I often stumble and I'll, I'll get something or, or you guys will say something. I'm like, what the hell are they going on about? <laughs> See, uh, Kevin, we, we should try to speak in as show. much American tongue as we can to try to confuse Mark. Uh, that wouldn't be hard. Um, yeah. Except I'm an old Southern boy, so it's hard for me to speak in anything but Southern. A little bit of redneck <laughs> thrown in. 
I can't think. See, can't y'all's y'all's got to come up with something God there, y'all. Jeez, I don't know <laughs> how you can say that. It doesn't fly off my tongue. But so your rednecks are our blue collar workers, or our blue singlet workers. So you know that that's the way it is. Um, we don't class them as rednecks. It's just blue collar, and then we've got white collar for the non rednecks. You well, guys we have, have white hmm. collar. Yeah, okay, so you got the white collar, but so redneck out here is blue collar instead. Well, we have blue collar, too. Do you? What's the difference yeah. between that and a redneck? Uh, generally, uh, I mean, that's really talking about, you know, the types of career that somebody has. Yep. You know, mo- mostly a white, a white collar is, you know, an oh, office type you. of position or something like that, where blue collar is your, your average Joe out there doing yep. the job. Plumbing, plumbers, something like that, yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe a redneck is closer to our bogan. What do you get? Is that like bogan. a Klingon? No, it's not like a boogie. <laughs> it, it, it's like a bogan. It basically a bogan. That sounds like a booger. That, 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 that's like someone who <laughs> goes around wearing thongs. <laughs> oh boy, this is going to get interesting. What? Yeah, because you guys don't look at flip flops, slippers. No, flip not flop. slippers. Flip flops are our thongs. Not, not oh. a, not like a thong is, is underwear. <laughs> oh, we we have that as well. But what do you call that? A thong. So you wear thongs on your feet and on your body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's, it's just, but I mean, I call put your I thong on before you, put your thongs on before you go outside. I mean, I know oh. what a flip-flop is. I wear flip-flops. But see, a flip-flop is a, a thon. It's got, it's got that piece of rubbery as, as the base, and then it's got the, the thonny kind of strip that now, goes... Now, in Hawaii, they call those slippers, Mark. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. They would, they would Tim. You're see, correct. See, slippers out here are, are for winter, and, and they're generally fluffy and, and nice and warm. Oh, that's yeah. what we refer Most, to as slippers. Yeah, in America, that's the same way, but in Hawaii, it's uh, completely different. Slippers are your, your sandals that you wear. Okay, and what do they call slippers though in Hawaii? Uh, it's never warm enough where or cold enough where ah. you need the warmer. Interesting. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but or if you're like me, you just never wear slippers. Period. So there you go. Oh, I mean, very it's like, interesting. <laughs> it's like six degrees here, and I'm I'm wearing t-shirt and shorts. You're crazy, <laughs> Kevin. You you you've got a problem. You know what? It's, See, it's really nice being in a hotel room now because I can just crank the heat and I don't have to worry about paying for it. In my apartment, <laughs> I have to like be in fifty degree weather because f- it's really expensive to turn the heat on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Tim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, no, I like the well. We've we've talked on ad, ad nauseum about the fact that I'm not quite right when it comes to the cold weather, and I'm not going to even argue the point. I ain't. So. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Now the wind's blowing, so that would probably keep me from going outside. But yeah, it's you know the heat set on maybe sixty nine or seventy here in the house is all I keep it mm-hmm. set at. That's it. That's warm. Yeah, <laughs> mine's at like you know fifty or sixty. Oh, if, if I if the if the family wouldn't complain, it would be cranked <laughs> down lower. <laughs> I have to balance the two. You know, where 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 is the point where I don't get yelled at? But you know. Because the heat's cheap, it's natural gas, so it doesn't cost that much to heat the house. So, um, yeah, I've got electric to, heat, so it's uh, 
It goes Ooh. from fifty bucks in the summer to two hundred bucks in the winter on bad months. Yeah, we we get the same out here, Tim. It's just horrendous how much we pay for but for energy. It doesn't get cold in Australia. Oh, it does. But but see, okay. our, our climate's different. Like honestly, the last week we've had it overcast, and it's been around seventeen degrees Celsius now. 17 degrees uh, it is not far below what Kevin sits his house at. But because we've been up in the mid-30s and then we all of a sudden go to 17, we're all cold and we're, we're shivering and we're freezing. <laughs> Honestly, we yeah. have been sleeping under the blankets in the middle yeah. of summer because no, it's, it's it. such a shock to the system. Well, now, it yeah, like it's so cold so quickly. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. When, I, it, when I land... Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say, as I say, I'm looking at the weather stuff. It says right now where you are, Mark, it's 25 degrees Celsius. Yes, it, it's nice and warm today, but that's literally been less over the last few days. Uh, and and when it gets overcast, it gets quite cold in in summer at night. Um, it, it's weird. It, it's we have quite violent changes. One day it can be today it could be 25, tomorrow it could be 40. Who knows? We just have to live with the the diversity that we've got. Yeah, see, it's, yeah, when I it's minus... From, Go ahead, Tim. When I moved from Hawaii and landed in the mainland, I was just shivering cold in L.A. because I was used to Hawaii weather, and it was 50 degrees in L.A., and it was just so freaking cold, I, I needed a winter jacket. <laughs> oh, I remember so, you talking about that. You said you didn't have any winter clothes anymore. No, and I wanted one because I was, I was freezing. Yeah, well, see now, the the contrast at markets, and where Tim is, it's even colder than it is here. It's minus 7 Celsius here right now, with the wind chill minus 14 Celsius. And right now, where I'm sitting... My brain doesn't even want to think about that. Honestly, I think I'd die, Kevin, if I went into those conditions. I I don't think I could tolerate it. Oh, you could. You could adapt. I adapted. Is that why your wife wants to bring yeah. you here in the middle of winter? Yeah, I think she just wants to freeze me permanently, let's, you know? Yeah, let's, have, let's, me, uh, have me like that Insano Man dude. Uh, remember that movie, Insano <laughs> yeah. Man? Yeah. You know, prob- probably like that and, and then not have to put up with me and let someone else have to deal with me when the time comes. We I'm could just, just drug Mark and have him wake up here in um, America when it's freezing. Degree- freezing. <laughs> I think, it, I think <laughs> so I'd much end up love. getting So much love. Stick. It's you negative four Celsius where I'm at now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, seriously, okay, you guys have modern things like aircon and, and, and proper heating and, and so forth, but honestly, the pioneers in America, what were they thinking building homes and cities there? It's like, that's cold, man. What are you Well, doing? they were going west, Mark, you know. Well, I know, yeah, I, I know that they were building at, at basically <laughs> along the train lines and, and you know, building at... at Sort of different areas, but it just seems strange that they'd um they'd up. Well, they're going from United Kingdom, so right? That was yeah. wasn't warm there. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, yeah, they there was an improvement, so they kept <laughs> improving. You know, it was just but but see, I'm also the type. I, I had this discussion with a coworker the other day. They want to transfer to Florida, mm-hmm. and Florida is a subtropical climate, much like you have, Mark. Mm-hmm. And there's it's a two things. Environment. <laughs> it, yeah, it's flat, which would drive me up a wall. Mm-hmm. Yep, me too. I, mean, I need mountains. I, I, 
I can't stand flat all the time. It, it, it's unnerving or something. I don't know what it is. I, and, I just like the fact that when you look outside, when you have mountains out there, you just feel like you, you can go on an adventure any day of the week because there's something to yeah. climb. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I live in between two mountain ranges, so that's the nice thing. But the other thing is down there, the only way you can tell the change in the seasons is by the color of the license plates that change for the people that drive down there. When you see all the northern state license plates end up in Florida, it means it's winter. <laughs> it's yeah, there's like a 10, 15 degree difference the whole year. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, but well, yeah, uh, yeah I know mean, why. It's hard to win here in New Hampshire. <laughs> Oh, the weather conditions around the world. you got to love it. Yeah, got to love the diversity that we have. Now, before we go, guys, uh, Kevin just... Actually, two things. Uh, Aaron, if you're listening and, and you've actually got in order because the podcast got out of order somehow on iTunes, um, I did get your 862-word you. feedback on episode 57. We will reply to it paragraph by paragraph in the coming months. <laughs> and I do enjoy 3D, so, you know, you guys, you other, you know, Mark and Mark and Kevin can just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Ke- Still not enjoy oh, but, 3D. But, but see, Tim's just weird. <laughs> uh, Tim, you, you play uh, your 3DS on 3D most of the time, don't you? Oh, absolutely. It's so I, I can't do that. I You know what? I put push the slider up to have a look and go, ooh, that's pretty, that's nice, that looks great. And within two minutes, it's back down to just 2D. Well, you don't have an XL, that's your problem. Yeah, I think it is, to be quite honest. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I haven't really got into. Um, but let's put it this way, it's pretty much dead anyway because really it's not the big thing it was. It, you well, know, I don't the- think it's designed... In the home, it doesn't make sense because at the home... You're watching movies while you're doing other things, and you're not entirely focused on movies most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think it works in the theater where that's all you're doing. You're being focused on that entertainment, and uh, I think it can succeed there uh, without the TV market succeeding. I think they can be completely separate, and that's completely fine. You know, in, in all honesty, I prefer 4D and going to a 4D cinema. It's so much better when the chairs rock back and forth and you when water sprays in your face. And it, it's oh, wonderful. I love that. It's the best experience ever. 4D, awesome. 3D, I tell you, nah. I'll tell you what, Mark. I'll send, I'll send your lovely wife a squirt bottle, and periodically <laughs> she can just walk in and squirt right in your damn face with something. <laughs> As long as you don't put PP in it first before you send it. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. I'll let her do that. Oh, Oh, (laughs) jeez. Nice. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, boy. Now, should we quickly talk about train layouts? Because Kevin's starting a new train layout. We're already a little bit over time. I don't know. Should I let him talk about it or should I make him hold it till next week? Was Honey Boo Boo your uh, hidden topic? uh, Yes, it was. I wanted to piss Mark off, so I just wanted to bring up Honey Boo Boo. Succeed. Success. So I found um, a, a great website, Mark, also. Koalanet.co.au slash Australian dash slang. It's got all these wonderful Australian slang words. I can start talking like you um, at, at some point, you know. No, don't do that. I have a hard enough time understanding him as it is. <laughs> I don't I don't need an American talking in Australian which will just make it even worse because then we'll start getting into the the term of endearment oh bastard (laughs) you got the kids you little bastard 
<laughs> well, that's not what it is here. <laughs> or the little oh, bastards. A oh, bastard yeah. is you're a damn you're bastard. Not a mommy or daddy married. Yeah, we we did the same thing, but we also use it sort of in a, a more hilarious uh, way. So it's not just the negative. Hence the same with bugger. Yeah, bugger you. Yeah, bugger you, Kevin. Uh, bugger off. All right, I will. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, some of the slant, it's really interesting to see what now, we have. And, uh, now, yeah, what's Tim, a bunny yip? What's a what? A bunny yip. A, a, a bunny yip? Bunny yip. Maybe it's a bun yip. A bunny of a myth, mythical outback creature. It also sounds like a lump that's on the toe, a bunyip. Is that like uh, your Loch Ness monster? Well, <laughs> see, we've got the Tuzzy Devil, which uh, they're, they're cute little things, actually. Yeah, we've they're got, on a cartoon show. We've got Tuzzy Devils. We've got um, Dingoes. Um, Dingo is basically a wild dog. Um, yeah, that I know of. Tasmanian Devil, I know Taz because I because he's from the cartoon show. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's what my tattoo is. Is the Taz? Um, so yeah, we don't actually have like a Loch Ness monster kind of thing, I guess. Um, okay. we've got we've got other stuff though. Um, we've got Mark. Yeah, there we Evidently, go. Evidently, Mark, uh, a dog is an unattractive woman in Australia. Is that yeah. accurate? Well, yeah, you can. You know, she looks like a dog. <laughs> You know, because um, <laughs> nice. dogs are very cute. You know, dogs are cute animals, right? No, I've, I've oh, heard dogs are lovely, term. but but yeah, no, we we can go. You know, <laughs> oh, you're as ugly looking as a dog. You know, or, or you know, something similar. Uh, it, I don't want to offend people. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, really? Well, you guys, it's okay, but I don't want to offend my own countrymen and women. <laughs> Well, it's just like this. If you offend us too much, we'll just bomb you again. Yeah. Do we bomb Australia? Occasionally, we have to. Either that or you'll force us to go into a a war that we didn't need to be a part of that was built around false information and lies. But anyway, who's counting? Uh Oh, Oh, I see. Yeah. But we but we can bomb you again if we have to. Yeah, I mean, we got that power. Yeah, but you, you, (laughs) you, you keep missing... No, we were just, those were warning shots. Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. it's so far away that it doesn't matter to me anyway. So, uh, I can, I have the coordinates of your house. I have the precise <laughs> coordinates. Listen, you keep threatening this. Will you just do it? Hit the button! You know, the Amazon drones are coming, Mark. I would be uh, careful with what you say. I don't want to hurt the, I don't want to hurt your wife and kids. <sighs> so it has to be a, um, not a bomb, but more of a, uh, Direct uh, one person attack. <laughs> That's right. It, it, it's a very focused, very concentrated. See, all these bus. Americans want to do, and this is a stereotypical <laughs> opinion right here. All these Americans want to do is blow me up, man. They want to shoot me in the butt when I get off the plane. They want to blow me up when I'm in my own country. I can't win. I tell you, they're, they're uh, gun crazy. They let's blow something up. Kaboom! We do well, like fireworks no fi- up here. There's no finer tradition than blowing up things or, or your own small part of the United States on Independence Day, just like you had Australia Day. Mm-hmm. We like to blow up a small piece of America every year on Independence <laughs> Day. <laughs> uh. So, I mean, you know, it's all about what we are. We we like things that go boom. 
you know, a little Haven't boom now and then. Oh, I, I, I've seen your movies. I love your movies. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so it's Kevin has trains, bit too much, right? bit too much violence. Uh, yeah, train layouts, Kevin. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tease it as what I'm sorry. I need a distraction, mainly from Mark, but also from other <laughs> things. Um, so I'm planning on, I'm doing the plan for a small, portable, O-scale layout. Now, for those who don't know what O-Scale is, the simplest way I can explain it is anybody that's familiar with Lionel trains, that is O-Scale. That's the large three-rail track that you that you but, run trains. Some of them two-rail. Kev- Kevin, you've but, confused me. You mentioned portable, though. Yes. Because when, because I, th- <laughs> when I think portable, I think N-Scale, Z-Scale. No. I think yeah, I your pocket is portable. Yeah, no. That's, that's true. I don't have... I mean, I don't have a place anymore in the house. I used to have what's now the family room was a quasi-train room, but I don't have that luxury anymore. So in watching train videos and stuff like this, I got the idea that I'm going to build a layout. I I don't know whether I'm going to do a... I've seen some 5 by 5 foot layouts, and I've seen some 6 by 8 foot layouts, or 6 by 6 layouts, and 4 by 6 layouts that I liked. And what I want to do is build it so that when I'm not using the layout, I can take it out into my garage, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use bicycle lifts, basically pulleys, to pull the, the platform and the train track and store it up against the ceiling of my garage. Oh, good idea. So, so when I'm not running it, it's stored up out of the way, mm-hmm. completely out of anybody's way. When I want to run it, I drop it down, I bring it here in the family room, set it on... I'm debating on whether or not to put removable legs or put um, just use sawhorses to support the uh, platform. I, I use sawhorses. Yeah, I know you do, and that's that's when I go back and forth. I can't. I might start with sawhorses, you know, after I build it. The real trick I've got to work out is I want to make sure I build it sturdy enough so that I don't get a lot of noise, but also I don't want to build it out of real heavy lumber like a lot of people build them out of. Because that thing would weigh a ton, and I don't want yeah. to hang something really heavy from my ceiling. I mean, I can get to the joists. You know, I can hook into the heavy part of the framing of my house without any problem. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 that's what I've come up with. It's just my son and I are formulating the idea. He likes the idea, and actually both my daughters do, because they like to get out the trains and, and play with them. But, you know, we can't leave them set up forever because we'll set up a layout and it'll be it'll take over the entire family room floor uh you know floor mm-hmm. and this is a big room and then you can't really do much else in here i mean you can step over to watch tv and do stuff like that or if the cats come in they might lay on the track or something like mm-hmm. that and then you run the train into them and they get up and move <laughs> now, now what you should do kevin is build a track that's attached to the outside of your house that just goes around your whole house yeah, you can do yeah. a garden one i've thought about that that's that should Expensive. Yeah, <laughs> it is, but it's cool. Yeah, the other thing I've thought about doing is doing a ceiling layout. They have the track that you can mount wow. from the ceiling from the wall. Huh. Uh, if anybody's as to what it looks like, you can see it on, uh, there's lots of videos on YouTube of it. Just search O-scale uh, wall or ceiling layouts. And you can actually buy the thing to suspend the track right from the ceiling. And I could go around the room and that would be, what, about a... Oh, let's see, 16 by about 28 feet, 22 feet. So that would be a huge run mm. for the train. 
No, so I don't know. I, but I'm really thinking about this because I, I just need something else to focus on. I need to take a break from a lot of stuff. And when I'm doing train stuff, I go to a completely different Zen place. I'll say it that way. I don't know a you better do. way to say it. I mean, when I'm, I don't, uh, Tim, I don't know if you're into model trains at all, like Mark and I are. I'm not. I miss that whole thing. Yeah. Well, you're. You never uh, too Mark, like to start, trust me. Yeah, that's true. I have enough expensive hobbies. <laughs> you do. No, no, you, you can. <laughs> but so, so do I. <laughs> you can get into trains fairly cheap. And one thing that I've really gotten into, um, I don't know if the listeners care, is Lionel now makes something called Fast Track. And it's the train track with the built-in roadbed that you can put together and run it right on the carpet. Ooh, I saw a fast track on eBay just now searching uh, the Hogwarts Express Harry Potter set. Yes, looks pretty sweet. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of cool sets. You could get into a set fairly cheap. I, you know, uh, I still have have room for the stuff. I got a little tiny studio. Um, Yeah, I don't know what it. Tim, Tim, go in or Zed scale. Zed, you can put in a suitcase and take with you. Literally, you can actually buy them pre-made in the suitcases. They're about well, fifteen hundred dollars. You mean but... Z, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. You can buy an entire Z scale or Z scale layout that's in a briefcase and it's but... called the office layout. And no. you can you, you can carry it to work and set it on your desk and play with it at lunchtime. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I'm sure they'd love that. Tim, you know Pulp Fiction like I do. Oh, I Zed, love Zed the dude. Uh, I hate the word Zed because when he sings the alphabet song, A, B, C, D, E, you know, it ends. Hold on, hold on. I was waiting for you to sing it all. Keep going, keep going. I'll sing it all. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, L, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. It just wouldn't rhyme if said Y and Z. That's so out of place. To the song, I think, you know. You know what? I actually got clear to sing the song on a podcast. That that that's uh, <laughs> that, that's that's going to be something like the the title for the show. Tim sings the ABCs. <laughs> uh, his I mean, ABCs. There we go. I now think the song I know my ABCs. Won't you come and sing with me? Yeah, Zed does not rhyme. Boy, Kevin, Zed you've got a mono rhyme. voice. <laughs> Hey, you're looking at one of the only people that got asked never to sing in church again, okay? I <laughs> know. Oh, you, you should have a plaque of, of that up on your wall. <laughs> you got asked not to sing in church? Yeah, I was... I, I, have I ever told the story on the show, Mark? Yes. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I, the youth group that I was in years and years ago... Um, and years. They, I mean, youth, you, you know. We're talking back in the... would have been Dark the, Ages. Mid seventies, I guess. Ice ages, maybe. Uh, they they said we all had to sing in church, and I said I can't sing, and I can't. I really can't sing at all. <laughs> they kept on and on and on. I said, okay, I only know one way to sing, and that's loud. Because I can't. <laughs> well, sing yeah, it's the best way to do it, you know. And I can't sing on key. I actually they 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 hammered and hammered on me. I said, okay, I'll do it, but don't blame me. So we got up there on in church on Sunday. And we started to sing, and I sang just as loud as I could, and I could see the members of the youth group were turning around looking at me, you know, because I was up on one of the back rows. I had the whole church was looking at me, you know, like, what is wrong with him? They never. They said, please don't ever sing again. Aww. 
Oh, it didn't hurt my feelings. I knew I couldn't mm-hmm. sing, but I was like, come on, people. You know, I told you don't. Be-. So that's when I started ringing the church bell. <laughs> I couldn't screw that. <laughs> so oh, funny. Wow. Yeah, well. <sighs> Yeah, Kevin, just in, in the last little bit of information I'd give you with the train layout, use the sawhorses and use particle board because it's nice and, and light. And the best thing about the, the sawhorse is get the ones where the legs fold up and tie them with the bolts and um, just really easy to move around and, and tip sideways to get th- in and out of doors and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've got some sawhorses and I'd go get some more of them. They're actually, uh, I think they're made by Black & Decker. And they're they're plastic, but they'll hold tremendous amounts of weight. Mm-hmm. I could not believe it. And they're made. It's hard to describe how they're made. They actually have a channel on top that you could put a two by four piece of wood in to beef them up if you had to. And then they have like a little shelf on them. Mm-hmm. But when you're not using them, they fold flat and they're only about four inches thick when you're not using them. Yeah, they're so- super good for trying layouts. Best, best thing I ever did for my trying layout. I, I think that's what I'll do for the the you know the first iteration of it. I got to come up with a track plan that I really like. I've been noodling around with some different plans, um, and I'll test it out on the floor, and I'll try to take some pictures of it when I get to it. Uh, you know, to make sure I like the layout before I go buying the lumber and all that. Because I used to have a train layout built on a four by eight sheet of plywood. I had it so it was right about chest height, mm-hmm. which was nice. That way, I, if I was running the trains, I could get down and get the perspective on them. You know, like you're standing along the track or yep. something like that. or uh, And that was great. But like I said, when I had to turn this room into a family room, I had to take all that apart and get rid of it. So It's, it's hard when that happens, when family expands and your hobbies have to take the back seat. It's, uh, I, I know only too well uh, how much that can hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't trade my family for anything uh, yeah. in this world. But yeah, it is tough. But my kids are now at the age where they share my likes for these hobbies and stuff like that. And the idea that we could do that, I mean, as opposed to we'll get them out and set them up on the floor. Or sometimes we'll, I'll put a cover over the dining room table and we'll set the trains up on, on the dining room table. That's always – it's great fun. you know. For a, and my wife's very understanding of that. For a week or two, we'll, we'll leave the trains up um, and let us you know, have our fun and play with them. But um, – yeah, you know, I want something that I can do a little bit more with than that. So that's why I've been, you know, been thinking about this. And it, I just, it never occurred to me until I came across a video on YouTube of this guy that had found an old layout from the 1950s that had been made sort of like this. Now, it was made out of a metal frame and everything like that. And um, I'll try to find the link for that video and give it to you. But he restored it and slowly got all the pieces working. He redid all the wiring. He redid the engines and and everything. And it's from the 1950s, and he got the whole thing working again. It's it's truly amazing. Cool. But the hanging from the garage, I think, if I remember right, he just kind of found the layout when they bought the house. Somebody had just left it behind. Mm-hmm. So and it had all the trains and stuff, and some of the wow. trains might be valuable. I don't know. So. Mm-hmm. It inspired me, and I think I might give it a shot. It'll probably take, you know, several months to a year for me to get through the whole project. But uh, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to trying to tackle. I haven't completely run it by my wife yet, so let's not tell her, okay? Well, she doesn't listen to our banter anyway, so, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she won't hear it from us. She doesn't listen to me any other time. Really? So she doesn't listen. 
No. Well, no one I... in my family listens to my stuff either. I think they get tired of listening to me in real life. They really don't want to listen to me on a podcast then. Yeah, I can see that. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> and on that note, Tim, where can the listeners find out where to find you? So you can find me in a live HD video format every Sunday evening starting at 8 p.m. Eastern over at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash T-C-H-A-T-E-N, where I uh, do the Nintendo Club podcast, where you do two and a half hours of podcasting every uh, Sunday night. Uh, two different episodes we do every week. One's a focus topic, one's a general what's going on this week kind of show. Um, so it's youtube.com slash T-C-H-A-T-E-N. Uh, that same username is good for Twitter, Instagram, um, and everywhere else I can be found. So there you go. And I thought you were going to be the one to support my arguments against Kevin today. Oh, I don't know, Tim. You, uh, I don't know. You that failed I, I me. Think, you uh, failed you me. need a, a fourth person to be on your side. Ooh, a foursome. <laughs> hey, Mike, you want a foursome? He was already revolted at the idea of the threesome, so I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe that won't work. You know, actually, yeah. we should we sh- we should get one of the uh, the lovely ladies of podcasting to come on sometime and, and not have this so much of a a man's brigade. <laughs> could, brigade. could be interesting. I'd I'd have to uh, I'd have to tone myself down a little bit, though. I think. Really, really, you tone your. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't want to have to. You see, this shows the show where I let my hair out and I, I just, you know. Now, well, we'll one back up. I did have Mark is the geekiest show ever. Um, artwork is that supposed to be you when you're like twelve? No, that that's been there ever since geekiest show ever was conceived, and I haven't had the uh, I haven't had the inkling to try and do a new logo or or get a new logo done. And Tim hasn't changed it, so it's just stayed that. Same way. Okay, so it's not like you when you're twelve or something. No, but it's it's it could possibly have been me. I'll say that much. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, yeah, your mouth at the wrong side of your body and all that kind of stuff. Jeez, such love, (laughs) such love. (laughs) Kevin, where can the listeners find out more about you? And 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 please give me some love because Tim's obviously not. Well, after the the love fest we had the other week when you talked about, whoa there, big boy, you know, I don't know how far we want to go down. Hey, hey, you (laughs) stood up in front of the camera. Yeah, but you said what you said. It wasn't me. Anyway, (laughs) the listeners can find out more about me if they go over to twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A, or occasionally when I hop into the Google Plus community at plus Kevin Alder. Yes. And I I would also encourage all our listeners... If you don't, I don't get to listen to every episode, and I don't always get to watch it, but go over and check out Tim on the Nintendo Club podcast. A lot of fun to watch and listen to. Thank you. Yes, you get and to, I have you to get say, to I am, um, stuff. I, I'm glad in the fuzzy ball episode, you finally in the show said what it was, because it was kind of scary at the beginning. Trust me, it was <laughs> scary anyway. It really. Kevin and his fuzzy ball. Oh, jeez. <laughs> It was yeah. disturbing. Hey guys, speaking of Google Plus, I, I've uh, been doing more on my Google Plus uh, community, which is not another Mac podcast. We should probably have one for Geekiest Show ever, but we'd probably end up doubling up anyway. Um, but regardless, I'm across there doing a lot more things, posting a lot. I'm actually enjoying it. Um, so build a little community, come across there and join me. And if you're not part of that network, uh, just sub- submit a request to sign up, however you do it. 
and uh, I'll certainly accept you. Everyone's welcome. It, it's not just a, a, the people I know in that community. Anyone can join. <laughs> yep. um, but then you'll get banned too if you if you get out of control. But if you're naughty. If yeah. you're naughty. That's right. So, Kevin, you might get banned just because. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Really? We want to go down that path? Yeah, well, let's <laughs> not. Anyway, for, any, for anything and everything relating to me, simply head across to markgreentree.com and... Uh, well, that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you, Tim, for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure as always. And, Kevin, well, I'll see you next week. Yeah, well, just remember that between now and then, or now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Oh, come here and give me a hug, big fella. <laughs> oh, didn't say a kiss. Oh, yucky, yucky, yucky. <laughs> see you, everyone. Bye. curious about nintendo well check out the nintendo club podcast this podcast is done twice a week we dive into all things nintendo we dive into retro we dive into current games what we're playing what cool nintendo news is going on check it out here at the spotlight network the nintendo club podcast we broadcast this live out every sunday evening starting at 8 p.m eastern check out the nintendo club website for more information